Hey, Next on the Teen Nation, thanks for tuning in to this segment of the show featuring our resident director of instruction, Tom Patry. Tom and I break down the bombshell news of the merger partnership, whatever you want to call it, between the Live Tour and the PGA Tour, plus the two principals involved in that. We do that and a whole lot more. Sit back, relax, and enjoy this segment of the show. I want to start out tonight by reminding you about our friends at the Macklemore which is a private resort located just south of Chattanooga, high atop Lookout Mountain, Georgia. It's a casual two-hour drive from Atlanta, Nashville, and Birmingham. The existing Highlands course is now ranked in the top 100 courses you can play in the United States by Golf Digest. The 18th hole, as a matter of fact, is ranked in the top 10 finishing holes in the world. A second course, the Outpost, is now under construction, which will open summer of 2024. The Outpost is another Bill Berg and Reese Jones design and features a mile and a half of dramatic cliff edge, with every inch of that edge filled with a golf hole. A world-class hotel, Cloudland Lookout Mountain Curio Collection by Hilton, will open spring of 2024. Both the course and the hotel have incredible views into historic Macklemore Cove, 1,200 feet below. You gotta see it to believe it, folks. Stay, dine, and play golf above the clouds at Macklemore. Go online to MacLemore.com to book your stay and play package today. Now let's talk grips. I want to tell you about Lampkin grips. Every shot, as you know, has its own unique feel. The trick? Feel comfortable with each one. And comfort is built into the very DNA of Sonar Plus black grips. Composed of their Genesis material that provides supreme comfort and durability with their fingerprint technology creates a strong connection and unforgettable touch. The game changes from shot to shot. The feel in your hand shouldn't. Lampkin. Feel is everything. I also want to remind you about the all-new Stealth 2 driver from TaylorMade. If there's one thing we know golfers want from a driver, it's distance. But there's actually two things we all want. Distance, and let's not forget, forgiveness. That's why TaylorMade designed the Stealth 2 driver with even more carbon for even more forgiveness. To learn more about the new Stealth 2 driver from TaylorMade, visit them online at TaylorMadeGolf.com. Okay, now back in next on the tee with me is our resident director of instruction, Tom Patry. As you guys know by now, if you want to play your best golf ever this season, you need to go down to Club Champion in Naples, Florida and go see Tom in person. If you can't get there, do what he's forcing me to do, and that's download the V1 video app and send Tom videos of your golf swing through that app. You can find him online at TomPatry.com or on Instagram at TomPatryGolf. I can't stress enough. Be sure to subscribe to his YouTube channel. On there, you're going to get to watch over 300 free video playing lessons. What I do is I take my AirPods with me with my cell phone out to the range so I can listen and watch Tom's instruction right there out on the range and make the corrections that I need to make. Tom, as you guys know, one of my favorite people on the planet. Love the guy very much. He's an outstanding instructor and an even better person. And it's always a privilege to have him with me here on Next on the T. Hey, TP, how are you, my friend? Boy! <laughs> Hi, Tom. How are you, my friend? Are you over the Red Sox taking two out of three from you, Yankees? And you got to do that. Right now, I got the TV on. And they're down 4 1 to the Mets right now in the third. So you're pouring salt in the open wound, <laughs> as you often do. That's beautiful. I love that. Yeah, of course you do. Of course you do. So, Tom, so much has happened since we last spoke on this. No, show. Not, there's nothing going on. What do you yeah. mean? It's, it's, a, it's a zero week. Zero week. 
We have the PGA Tour and Jay Monahan holding double secret meetings, which they've been doing for over the last seven weeks, apparently, with the head of the public investment fund, Yasser Aramayan. And you know Jimmy Dunn. He brokered the deal. I know you've been a staunch hater of Liv since its very inception. A week ago today at 10 a.m., text alerts are going out everywhere about the Monahan and Aramayan CNBC press conference and, and announcing this deal. Must have sent you through the roof. It wasn't. Uh, it wasn't my favorite golf news of all time, for sure. Um, it's kind of like finding out that I'm having a surprise birthday party. My wife invited Patrick Reed. You know, <laughs> just <laughs> you know, it's uh, it's it, it really. Listen, Chris. I think it, for all of us, it rocked us all. Where did it come from? It came out of left field. Nobody had an idea, and nobody ever thought in our wildest dreams that one it would happen and two that it would happen the way it happened so secretly and and nobody really was consulted or involved i don't know if you were called i wasn't called i i thought for sure i'd get a phone call but you know i wasn't called at all you know jimmy dunn you guys have known each other for a long time talk about who jimmy dunn is Jimmy Dunn is, uh, you know, without being corny, is is one of my heroes. Uh, we played junior golf together. He's a, he's a bit older than me. Uh, actually, the first junior golf tournament I ever won, uh, I was paired with Jimmy Dunn. How's that? Uh, at the, at thirteen years old. So we've known each other a long time, and I, I think the world of Jimmy Dunn. Um, Jimmy Dunn is a straight shooter. Jimmy Dunn is a no nonsense guy. He's a bright guy. He, he's a a guy that has a lot of reverence for the game of golf and really respects the game of golf. I think that one of the reasons he's in this, in the middle of this mess is he's trying to make, make it work for the game, not necessarily for Jay Monahan or the PGA tour or anybody else, but for the game of golf. I think he really cares that much about it. Um, and so, yeah, I, I have, I have a lot of respect for Jimmy Dunn. Tom, in your opinion, why was it Jimmy Dunn who went to yes or our mind? And not Jay Monahan. And 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 Chris, this answer is strictly my opinion. And I, I, I you know, we we don't know anything. We don't know what's going behind going on behind closed doors. But if 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 I had my druthers and and I had to negotiate with those folks uh, from Saudi Arabia, and you gave me a choice between Jimmy Dunn being in the room and, and Jay Monahan being in the room, it'd be like you know, it'd be like it'd be like. Shaq playing center for me, or you playing center for me? You know, <laughs> you know. <laughs> be, I love you, Chris, but you you wouldn't be my first choice. I mean, Shaq would come a little bit ahead of you. Uh, Jimmy Dunn is a it, listen. He he's a ultra successful businessman, Wall Street guy. He, he's uh, he sat at some tables. For, I'm sure in some incredible business meetings. Um, and he and Ed Hurley he are both really smart smart guys. I think that uh, when the thing got a little bit out of hand, as we know it did probably from a financial standpoint for the PGA Tour, uh, I, I wouldn't be surprised, and I don't know this, that Jimmy and Ed Hurley looked across the table at Jay and said, Jay, you need to you need to take a seat over in the corner and let us handle this. Um, for, for the greater good of, of the PGA Tour, for the game of golf, and, and for our players. And I, I wouldn't be surprised if it went down something like that. Um, you know, who knows? We don't really know. There's so much we don't know right now. There's so much floating out there. There's so many different contradictory stories that are going, going around and, and terms and what's going to happen with players and events and money. And 
who's going to be made made whole on this deal. Um, so we don't really know anything right now, really. And I'm completely with you. We don't know all of the details yet. I'm sure more and more details will leak out over time. But with how much the PGA Tour has spent so far with the court case between the two parties, rumored to be somewhere in the neighborhood of $50 million in legal fees, and they haven't even gotten to court yet, and the tour has already dipped into their reserve funds for lawyer fees and that sort of thing, the PF could have held out and drugged the case on for who knows how long, essentially spending the PGA Tour into bankruptcy if the deal didn't get done. Why do you think Piff and Al Ramayan didn't go that route, spend the PGA Tour down to next to nothing, picked it up for peanuts because this eventually would have cost them so much money they would have had to give in eventually and sell out? I, I You know, again, all conjecture, and we're, we're just guessing, we're playing devil's advocate, Chris, but I mean, I think, I think a guy like Jimmy sits down at the table with him and says, listen, you want, you went in on golf and, and you have the money and we have the players and the product. We have the events, we have the sites, we have the sponsors, we have the players, you have the money. So why don't we just make nice, nice and figure this out and make all this go away. And I think he did that in respect to the fact that the tour was spending money and was hemorrhaging, hemorrhaging money. And the antitrust, you know, class action suit was not going to, there was potential probably that it wasn't going to be favorable and that would have been a disaster. Uh, so, you know, Jimmy, Jimmy and Ed to the rescue. Um, and I think, you know, the Saudis ultimately got what they want. They got in on a professional golf on, on the grandest stage and, and, and uh, we, we got the lawsuit and, and the money problem to go away. Um, is it what we all wanted? No, but I think, you know, early on, the powers to be, and we're not going to name anybody like Jay, for example, but you know they played they played the wrong deck of cards early on and, and painted themselves into a corner most likely. So, thank God for Ed and Jim, you know. Right. Tom, depending on who you believe, from who was in the room during the meeting that Monahan had with the players prior to last week's Canadian Open, somewhere around forty percent of the players were calling for Jay Monahan to resign. Jeff Ogilvie was one of the players in that room, and he confirmed saying the players did, in fact, call for his resignation. Scott Van Pelt said on the Dan Patrick show that based on things he's heard from players and not a player, but players, they gave a warm applause when people were yelling for Jay to resign. How does that guy ever get the trust back of the players? And do you think there's a chance at the end of this year that perhaps Jay Monahan is no longer the CEO of either the PGA tour or whatever this new entity is called. First of all, I, you know, based on things I've heard, and I, again, I'm hearing the same things you're hearing. I think probably 40% was probably low. Uh, it's, it's probably the, the number's probably higher than that. You know, I've watched and read every single thing I could get my hands on from, from the time it was announced till now. Um, there's a lot of unhappy campers. So, you know, if this had happened and I was a player at the time, the way it went down after all the things that came out of Jay's mouth a year ago. And, and, you know, he's, he's trying to play nice and say, yeah, I know you think I'm a hypocrite. I was always, always acting on the information I had at hand. Well, you know, I'm, I'm not really buying that myself. Um, how do you trust him again? Well, it would be really difficult, Chris. I mean, it'd be really hard for me to trust him again and, and never believe anything came out of his mouth. Um, you know, it, it's going to come down to a, I'm sure it's going to come down to a, a player vote. It's going to come down to 
Um, you know, some very, very vocal guys that are not happy right now. Uh, I just watched, I think I said to you off air a little while ago, I just watched live from the U.S. Open uh, on the Golf Channel, and I heard Colin Morikawa and John Rahm's interview in the press room today, and they both didn't have great things to say about trusting. They, they said they called it trusting leadership. So we know who they're talking about, obviously. So there's two really, really prominent players, uh, obviously two, two of the best, uh, making comments like that. I, I'm, it'd be hard to believe he weathers the storm long term. Um, you know, who knows? Who knows? But I don't think it's, I don't think it's good. Van Pelt would go on to say in that interview that in talking with the players at the highest level of the game, baffled about what had taken place, them actually asking him what he thought would actually happen. And he said, it's a wild place to be when you're asking the guys who passed on the big dough, right? The guys that had offers, but didn't go to now buy in and you don't tell them what they're buying into. And then they wake up Tuesday morning to something that's 180 degrees different from what they had been told over the last 18 months. That's a lot to ask guys to accept. And to me, that's that's really the nuts and bolts of it. You told guys one thing, that you would never accept this money, and then you chastised the guys who did. You suspended them. You wanted to fine them. And 18 months later, you're doing the exact same thing that you chastised other people for doing. And then you told the guys, don't go over there. Stay loyal. Hold the 9-11 families. Hey, we're never going to do business with these guys. How do you look any of those people in the eye and, and take it even a little bit further, Tom, if they're going to really come down hard on the guys who did leave, there's got to be some sort of retribution. We've heard Rory talk about that. You can't just let them all back in the door. How can you not let them all back in the door? You just took the money that you banned those guys for taking. How, how do you say, no, you guys can't come back or you guys need to pay a fine or you need to be suspended? For doing the exact same thing I just did, Chris. Can I, when I can I safely assume that you don't like Jay Monahan? <laughs> does that come across? Is that I, is, is I, that I, obvious? I, I just I'm just, it's just a, a guess on my part. I'm just I'm just, <laughs> I'm just I'm just kind of poking at you. Is, is that is that a possibility? <laughs> are you not are you not happy with Jay right now, Chris? I am not happy with Jay come right on. now, Tom. Chris, I I have a tea time on Sunday. I thought it was going to be you and I and Jay. We're going to play together. <laughs> I'd love Next that, on the by team. the way. Yeah, Could we do that? I'd love that. Uh, yeah, I'm sure you would. I, I'd have to I'd have to play referee. Um <laughs> listen, I again I'm gonna go, I'm gonna circle back to what I just said. I mean, if it was me and I was a player and it went all the things went down the way they went down. And listen, here's why it's a little bit too emotional for me. I'll make it really simple. I had seven friends in the in the Twin Towers. Okay. And 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 I I'm a New Yorker and and I was you know, I had two two of my members, two of my students in the Twin Towers uh, that are not with us anymore uh, among those seven um, guys that I was pretty close to. Um, so to me, I still have an awful taste, man. And I'll have that taste for the rest of my life. I think about it a lot every time I'm back in New York and I'm back in the city and I'm, and I'm downtown. Um, it comes back. It comes back to me. It circles back. It's, it'll never not come back to me. And if it did, I'd be, a, I, I'd be an absolute... You know, I, I can't imagine being a human being and not not having that in my heart all the time. So it's you say Saudi and I and I and I I get to I get the shakes. 
Um, and for Jay to stand up and what he and said, all the things he said, of, of all the things he said for me as a New Yorker, when he made reference to 9-11 and, and the 9-11 families and then went the other way, he, that's, when, that's when he lost me. So you know, the money's one thing, the, the players are one thing, who took what, who left, who came back, how are they going to come back? You know, all that, that's all, that's all Housewives of Atlanta bullshit for me. I mean, <laughs> that's, all, that's, that's all good TV. But, but, you know, and somebody made a comment, and I'm not sure who it was, and I don't want to pin this on anybody because I don't have the straight, but somebody that's involved made a comment that, you know, you know, 9-11 was a long time ago and it's time to move on. They killed a journalist two years ago. Okay? They killed the guy. They cut him up and put him in a paper bag two years ago. So if you think 9-11 is, you know, we're going to brush it under the table because it was 20 plus years ago. And, and these are all really nice people now. They're okay. These are not the bad guys anymore. They killed a journalist and chopped them up two years ago. Okay? So, so ha- and nobody's brought that up. They've talked about 9-11 being a long time ago. They killed this guy two years ago. This is fresh. These, these, are, these are the same people. <laughs> right. You know? Yep. So, so, yeah, Jay referenced 9-11. Nobody has said to Jay, well, what about Khashoggi? What about right. two years ago? Nobody said that. You know what? And I, I, fault, I fault the media for not bringing that up. That's still fresh. Yep. So the other thing that, and just a little bit of a turn here, I mean, Rory also acknowledged that the guys who didn't leave and take the money are going to have to be made whole. How that will happen is going to be a complex thing to do. There's conversations about the guys getting an equity stake in whatever this new company is. But really, that involves those guys taking money from the Saudis, which is what they said they'd never do, which is why they never left and pledged their loyalty to the PGA Tour. Monaghan now sort of puts those guys in a position to go back on their morals and have to reconcile somehow that, okay, I didn't go. I remained loyal. I'm I'm a patriot. I didn't want to take this Saudi money. But now I'm going to take an equity stake in a new company that's essentially funded by the Saudi money. The, The extra money being pumped into the PGA Tour is going to be extra Saudi money. I I, I feel like it also puts those guys in a moral dilemma. I mean, they really don't have anywhere else to go. They can't, there's not going to be any other tour now that the whatever live and the DP world tour and the PGA tour are now in a strategic alignment. So it kind of puts those guys in a compromising position in, in a, in a feel bad sort of way too, doesn't it? Yeah. I mean, again, it's, it's, there's, there's no really, what I would call clean way out. There's no real clean solution to this. You know, every way you look at it, you can twist it and turn it any way you want. It, it's just not good on so many fronts. I mean, it's 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 not good. It's not good on the Jay Monahan front. It's not good on the player front. It's not good on the guys that left front. It's not good on the guys that stayed front. <laughs> where, where, where's the good side of this one? I mean, it's just, it's a, and then, and here's the other problem I have. And, and this is a, this is a problem with not just golf, but American sport. This is a problem with our society today. We all have short memories, don't we? We really do. We have short memories, right? So 
So most of these guys we're talking about on, on tour that left or, or, or stayed. One of my problems with them is that they were really too young to really remember 9-11. They really didn't, they didn't really feel the emotion of 9-11. It's something they read in the history book. You know, they didn't see the buildings go down live on TV that morning. They didn't watch guys jump out of those buildings from 100 stories up to their death. Uh, they didn't know anybody personally in those buildings. I'm sure if they did, a lot of this would be very, very different, you know, be really different. You know, Khashoggi, you know, being chopped up and, and killed by the Saudis, that's on a newsreel. That's like the, something they saw on their iPhone. It's not, it's not personal anymore with the way social media portrays things. It doesn't really affect them. Maybe I'm, maybe I sound too old for that, but I mean, it's, it's, it's still very fresh for me. And it's, it, it, it stinks, man. It really smells bad. The guy that I feel worst about during this whole thing is actually Rory McIlroy. I mean, he talks about how he feels like a sacrificial lamb for holding the company line and then Jay doing what he said he'd never do. And at least one player, I don't know if it was more than that. We know that Grayson Murray yelled out that we don't when we don't trust you, Jay. And Rory yelled back, just play better, Grayson. And then an F-bomb comes out from from Murray. So. Jay let him be a sacrificial lamb. Expletives are thrown his way. A live executive talked about how Roy's a little beef about, you know, playing on a team potentially. And, and this guy is getting shot from every particular, every angle possible in this thing. And now he's got to go out and play a Canadian open this week. He's got to go out and play a U.S. open trying to focus on the game of golf when he is, um, in the spotlight for a lot of bad reasons is, is a tough place that. Monahan put him in. I, I, I just, I can't get over the fact that how bad I feel for Rory when he tried to tow the company line, and now everyone's out to get him. Here's where we, here's where we have our first disagreement of the night, Chris, because, because Rory was one of the people that helped make the rule about the new elevated events that you can only miss one a year, and he was the first one to miss two. Okay, and when he missed two, there was no statement. There was no, this is what happened. It, it was swept under the table. So, you know, I, I have mixed feelings about Rory. I mean, if you want to, if you want to tote the company line and be the spokesperson, well, then, then you're going to take the heat that comes with that. And if you're going to, if you're going to tote the company line and beat your chest, you can't be the first one to break the rule. So I, I have mixed feelings about Rory. I, you know, I, I, I try so hard. I really want to like Rory on so many fronts. And every time I like him, he does something that just pisses me off beyond belief. <laughs> So, I mean, I just, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm so hot and cold. I, I don't know even what to think about Rory McIlroy right now. Tom, let's switch gears and let's talk about happier things. Like we say, oh, this I is, like happy things. <laughs> this is U.S. Open week. It's being played out at L.A. Country Club. What are your thoughts on this week's major? Well, I, I think again, I told you off air because I played there um, once. Oh, it's, it's got to be over ten years ago. And and I had never been there before. I didn't know much about it uh, other than it was the club in L.A. Um, and it's a really big boy golf course. I remember I remember being really impressed with the golf course and how big it was, how big it felt and, and how good it was strategically. Um, really, really solid golf course. And I can't imagine it was tough when I played it under normal member conditions. Uh, now with, you know, the rough you're talking about that. If you saw any of the pictures this week of people dropping balls in the rough, it was not not pretty. Um, 
and you know it's been lengthened and and uh there's been some bunkers added and moved some of the redesigned stuff they've done there it looks it looks fantastic i was watching um an interview tonight on course um with jordan spieth and it looks just looks awesome um so you know it's an untested venue it's um it's out of the classic rotation of courses we're used to seeing the the Shinnecocks and the Wingfoots and the Baltusrols and the, and the uh, Oakmonts. So it's untested. I think it'll be uh, a worthy venue it, it, in, in all indications, you know, just based on what I saw and what they've done to it. It's not going to be easy. Um, the West Coast needed another really solid venue. Um, I'm not a big fan of Torrey Pines as an open site, although it's, it's held up. I just don't like when you play majors at regular tour event sites. It just doesn't feel right to me. So, you know, it's another great site for them out there on the, on the, on the west side of this country. Um, it should be interesting. It should be really good. I mean, there's, a, there's some local guys that are, are very fond of the venue. Uh, Morikawa spoke fondly of it. You know, Max Homa spoke fondly of it. Um, I'm sure there's some West Coast guys that would love to sink their teeth into that trophy at, at, on, a, on a West Coast California venue. Um, it, should be, it, should be, it should be really cool. There are a couple of things that I can't wait to see how they actually set it up because there are five par threes out there. The seventh hole is going to play 290 yards as a par three, while the 15th hole may only play 85 yards. You 78 about, yards. 78. Okay, 78 <laughs> yards. I mean, you want to talk about two extremes. I mean, guy's going to have to hit driver to get to a 290-yard par three potentially. And then, you know, a half 60 degree wedge to get to a 78 yard par three. That that's going to be a nice contrast. Yeah. And, and just 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 a comment on that last open at Shinnecock, uh, which I, I I worked at. They uh, they lengthened the second hole to 295. They put a tee back there, 295. And if you've never been to Shinnecock, the second hole is uphill to a green. That's kind of a hogback that has runoff on all four sides. Um, and I'm thinking to myself. <laughs> First of all, I can't reach it, and second of all, if I rolled it up there, I, it'd be hard to keep it on it. Um, but they never played that tee during the open, uh, which was interesting. They they built it for the open and never played it. Um, I don't know if it was wind direction or just they got so many complaints about it or what. So we don't know that they're going to go back quite that far. That seems a little ludicrous to me, although we've seen some cr crazy things in USGA setups. The 78-yard hole is going to be so cool to watch it's a pitch green you're going to be able to spin the ball off the left side of that green back down to the hole um so it'll it'll be interesting um certainly diverse and, and certainly uh different than anything we've seen before and just on a little side note which make you happy the yankees just scored four runs in the sitting it's now six five yankees yeah yeah, yeah i know you're happy about that and, and, and it banging up shirts here comes Buck out of the uh, Buck's little pissed off coming out. Sure, so you're gone, baby. You're gone. <laughs> <laughs> See you, <ya>, Mac. <laughs> Tom, before but, I let you go, remind our listeners about all the ways they can stay up to date with the great things you're doing, whether it's on your website, on your YouTube channel, or on social media. Yeah, because I got a great summer. First summer, as you know, I've been home in 44 years and uh, not on the road, although I'm going to sneak out of here and. Uh, in July for a couple of weeks, a, a little family trip to Portland, Maine. Then I'm doing a golf school at Cohasset, which is a wonderful club uh, outside of Boston. And then a golf school at Rolling Hills in Wilton, Connecticut. Um, 
uh, and then uh, around the golf of Westchester, around the golf of Wingfoot, uh, three days coaching at an Epson tour event with one of my girls in the Epson tour, and then sneak back down to Florida. So it should be a fun trip, and uh, all that will be available and be seen on my uh, Instagram, uh, Facebook, LinkedIn. Um, no more Twitter. No more Twitter. Um, I'm, I'm off on Twitter. Um, and then certainly the website is just tompatry.com. But again, I'm not going to get off the air right with you right now before I publicly thank you for all you do for us, all the teachers you have on, all the players you have on, all the recognition uh, that you've given us and, and the platform that you've given us. Uh, you're the best, my man. I, I love being on with you. You're the best, my friend. I can't, can't thank you enough for all of that and all of your support over the years. You're fantastic. I'm already looking forward to two weeks from tonight. Stay safe, my friend. We'll we'll catch up again soon. Peace, brother. See you, Tom. That is the great Tom Patry. And folks, again, the website is tompatry.com. P-A-T-R-I is the spelling of his last name. So tompatry.com. Tom Patry Golf on Instagram. And again, that YouTube channel with all those free playing lessons and tips. You'd be a fool not to take those with you to the driving range. Tom's going to make your game better, whether you're in person you're doing it through V1 or you're just going through all of his playing lessons. It's fantastic stuff. And I'm so lucky to have him as part of the show every other week. We'll catch up with him two weeks from tonight. Okay, coming up next is one of my all-time favorite guests, Bill Bergen. Before I get to Bill, I was talking with Eddie Dry, VP of Domestic Sales for Strixon Cleveland Golf, at the PGA Merchandise Show earlier this year. And I said, Eddie, I like your CBX full-face wedges. How can they help an average player like me play better? Here's what he had to say. An average player, I use one, and I'm in some lies that you can't even believe. And I need all the help I can get. And the face is bigger, and the grooves go all the way up and all the way out to the toe. So if I, you hit it on the toe, you miss it, bam, there's a groove. So I like that. So I carry a 58. There you have it, folks. Try the new CBX Full Face Wedges from Cleveland Golf. I want to tell you about something else I saw at the PGA Merchandise Show, and that's me and my golf. And how does a 45-day free trial to Arco sound? Well, me and my golf have partnered with Arcos and are offering 14 free sensors and a 45-day free trial to Arcos Caddy. When you purchase any training aid on shop.meandmygolf.com. This is a limited time offer, so don't miss out. Again, go online to shop.meandmygolf.com. With many years in the business, menswear brand Construct has finally launched its green golf collection, sustainably produced using renewable solar energy and recycled fabrics. Hit your best shot in their performance-enhancing polos, quarter zips, and bottoms. Made with four-way stretch, quick dry, and UV 50-plus protection. From solids to bold, eye-catching designs, Construct Green is the perfect piece for making the best memories on the greens. And the best part? You can head to construct.com, and that's C-O-N-X-S-T-R-U-C-T.com, and use code CHRIS for 20% off the green collection today. 